Yo, it's Alex Terranova, and welcome to Flip the Lens, where Brie Holland, London Papa Michael, and myself smash down the walls of perfection, performance, and looking good to dive face first into deeply vulnerable and personal conversations where we expose and explore what it means to be authentic and how to succeed in a world desperate for a facade. Hey, good morning, folks. Welcome back to Flip the Lens. I'm your DJ, London Papa Michael. Um, our guy, Alex, is out of town again. I don't even know what he's doing this time, but he does have a special guest for us. I do have my girl, Bree. And uh, Kristen Roberts is a professional lawyer. She's a mother. She helps people do amazing things. So I'm so thankful to have you here today with us. I'm excited. Thank you for having me. It's going to be awesome. Um, there's so many things we really want to talk about today. There's so many crazy things going on in the world, but something we wanted to talk about that we all agreed on is branding. Why build a brand? Why have your own brand? Why support brands? What do you think about brands? So ladies, I want your opinion. Why build a brand? I feel like both of you have built your own brands. So Kristen, lead us off. Tell us about your brand and why would you build a brand? Why do you recommend it to people out there? And why has it worked for you? How has it worked? Yeah, I think that a lot of times there's not a lot of intentionality for a lot of people and businesses behind a brand. I think maybe it starts out, at least for my clients, it starts out with, I have this business idea and I want to do the business and then I come up with a name and then that just happens to be the brand that it grows into. Um, but, you know, I think that at least in terms of my work as a intellectual property attorney, trademarks, copyrights, patents, I think having a little bit of intentionality is, is important behind the brand because a brand can really speak. It, the, the point of a brand is to speak to your consumers, right? Tell you, tell your consumers a little bit about who you are or leave that sort of mark in the minds of your consumers. So if it doesn't mean, you know, if it doesn't have a meaning that's automatically readily attainable, you should be able to have some kind of a story so that it really sticks in people's minds. So for example, my company, my firm's called Trestle Law. And I, I can't tell you how many emails I get that are like, dear Mrs. Trestle. And I'm like, yeah, that's not my name. <laughs> because a lot of law firms, right, are, um, you hear about, you know, it's always the the long list of lawyers' names. That's the traditional way of like naming or branding your law firm. And when I started my practice, I was really adamant that I didn't want to do that. And the reason for that is because when you tie your brand to your own name, it makes it harder to sell it. If you want to, you know, if you ever wanted to sell it or exit the practice or the business, and that brand is tied specifically to your name, um, it can make it difficult, especially when you're providing professional services. So for the kind of business that maybe is selling a product like clothing or things like that, your personal name could work because it's not really like, oh, the services I'm getting are from this person. It's more like th this represents the product, right? But with me and my practice, I knew that I was going to be offering services and I wanted the brand and the firm to speak for itself. I didn't want people to only be reliant on me because I intended to grow my team and really have that team be the one that was providing those services, right? So um, I chose Trestle because like I, I was telling you earlier, uh, our practice, we build bridges from our clients' brands to their bank accounts. So there's sort of that bridge theme throughout my practice. And a Trestle is a sort of braced, frame support for um, trains to traverse over. So it's almost like a train bridge, right? So it connects one, one point to another a lot of times. So that's kind of how we came up with the name. Um, my husband's a civil engineer and he was like, 
I was like, what's a word for support? You know, because I support businesses. And he was like, a trestle? And I was like, perfect. And then nobody knows how to spell it. And <laughs> so we ran into some issues there. But I really liked having something that had a little bit of meaning behind it that spoke to what we would be giving in terms of our services and that wasn't really tied to me. So I think that translates well to other businesses when they're looking at building out a brand. If you know, when you're thinking about brand names, think about what it is that you're offering. Think about what it is that your goal is for the what, what your goal is for your business. And I think that branding can kind of fit into into that bigger picture and I think it's important that it does. I love that you brought that stuff up. I know I started off with a multi-level marketing company when I was starting my journey on Instagram and Facebook and social media was kind of starting to flourish and become the place where people were utilizing social media to, to build brands and create their own brands. And, you know, there was a couple bloggers that I followed, but I think it was really important when I connected the dots from I'm with a company to I am the company just because I was aligned. So I think like a lot of what you're saying, like just because a lot of people might do what you do, lawyer practices, use their name. I mean, in that industry to really brand yourself in the industry. I know I see London doing this all the time. I mean, you could say, oh, he's a trainer, but London really has created a brand around who he is, what his goals are, his personality. And same with what I like to do as far as I share my life, I share my kids, I share my relationship. I don't share a product from a company. That's almost like the behind the scenes because people have gained trust and value my opinion in what I'm putting out there. So I really like that you shared, I want to have that support factor. I also want to be able to have a team and my name not tied to it. So I think there are two different sides of it. I know if London wanted to sell his business, it'd be like, I am the business, like I am the brand. To have someone run London's <laughs> like Body by London, like and what you've done. So I love that there's like some different dynamics on this call. I know for me, I was just talking to someone about my Instagram and blog right now is Blushing Confidence. It was it started as a women's fitness, you know, encouragement pod. So I was like, okay, like the whole transfer of like, you know, it's not sweat, it's glitter. And I was like, I don't want to do that. So, you know, what's another like blushing? Okay. And so we went with it. And now that I've branded and been kind of doing something for six plus years, you know, I've been talking to, you know, an LLC and all these other things. Like, do I want that? Or do, am I more than that? Is it me that I'm branding? Does it need to be my name? So mm -hmm. I think it's an interesting concept when people get tied up in the logistics of just start and you can kind of rebrand, readjust. I mean, in six years, I've had like 17 team names for my squad below me and different things. I mean, we were Bree's team for the longest time because creativity was not my strong point. It was about building and helping people mentor them and give them success in an online business. It wasn't about branding. So yep. I don't know, Lyndon, what do you think about your brand? How did it, was it name first? Was it I actually, so uh, I started on a pro, the fitness journey about two and a half years ago, of, you know, actually becoming, you know, a trainer and seeing if I could, you know, make it a career to be able to help people through fitness and to pull out the best of them, you know, when you're down and out to realize that you have so much more left in you and to give that gift to people. So I actually started off with athlete for life because it's something I always said after I graduated high school, we still played sports. We still had this competitive fire. 
And, you know, people would say like, oh, that's cool. You still like hang out with the guys and play flag football and you're still taking care of your body and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, man, athlete for life. Like it's not, it's a mentality. You're taking the athlete's mindset and you're putting it towards your life. So I always said athlete for life. We said AFL and then, you know, doing the personal training thing two and a half years ago, I was like, oh, it's got to be athlete for life. And uh, I think the tagline was uh, something along the lines of, um, uh, it's, uh, it's more than uh, performance. It's a mindset, you know, again, taking that athlete's mindset and uh, using it to your approach on life. But sometimes uh, it got misconstrued of, oh, London only works with athletes. Or then I Googled it, you know, and did some more research. There's a book called Athlete for Life. There's a website called Athletes with an S for Life. And it was kind of like, it's cool. I love it. But I, d I don't know if it's going to work. There's a lot of red tape I got to go through. And if I'm going to put any more work in this, then I get a phone call saying, hey, you stole my name. Well, I'm going to have a real fucking issue with that because I'm working real hard. So I got back to the basics and I was like, I have a unique name. And also, how can I use my name and let my brand, this name of my business, tell you what I do at the same time? And I was like, well, Body by London. I think one of my former clients put a hashtag when I first worked with her. And it was always in the back of my mind. And then rethinking this idea of, you know, me building a brand. And that's what I love about it is, you know, me leaving corporate America is having the opportunity to create something on my own. And I call my own shots and it's on me. And I'm okay with that because I don't like the idea of answering with somebody. I don't like the idea of somebody telling me how much I can make, how I'm going to dress. You know, look, there's a lot of amazing corporations that do amazing things for the world. They take care of their people. They put an awesome product out there. And that's great. And I just want my opportunity to do that. Because there's a lot of people or brands out there that aren't doing it. And you find out the truth of where they make their product or how good their product is. And it's disappointing. But I just look at it as an opportunity for me to try to do things the right way. And I believe in that. And I'm not real big on promoting like what car I drive or, you know, how much money I make each month and telling people I'm a six-figure business. I think that's awesome when people do it. Props to you if you really did it. And I hope you're telling the truth. But I just... Me personally, I don't do things that way. And it disappoints me when I do post stuff on social media. Like I'll post a picture of a new, an old school Bronco that I like. And people are like, oh, you got a new car. Or like I post something that's really nice. And like, oh, did you move? Did you get your own house? But when I post something real and I'm trying to help people, nobody responds. But you guys are so excited that I got a new Ferrari. And it kind of, it's like, where, where are we at, people? You know, but that's the joy and, and the disappointment of what we're kind of fighting for, right? So yeah. It doesn't make me want to give up, but in the end, it's just an awesome opportunity to create something that is in the end your own. And I like the idea of betting on myself. I love that you say that, London, because I'm also a doer, not a shower. Um, and, you know, there are things that uh, obviously as a business owner, I, I had to, as my business grew, I had to start um, really doing things like creating a business plan and creating a budget and create, you know, so I'm, I'm doing things that I wasn't doing in the beginning of starting my firm because when I started out, I, I was not big enough to need those things. And I don't say big in the money sense. I say big in the terms of my organization. It was just me. I was doing everything. I was doing the bookkeeping. I was doing the, and then I started to shift my mindset a little bit and realize that I was actually my, cause I sell my time for a living as do you, you know, I mean, you're a personal, you know, you're a, a personal trainer, a fitness coach, an athlete coach, a performance coach, all of that stuff. And you're selling your time. So eventually you get to the point where you realize I'm doing all of these things that I'm not very good at, right? Like balancing my books and like, you know, doing my reconciliations and stuff. And, and 
I'm actually that time that I'm spending doing that. I could be going out and helping people, you know, do what I really do best, which is for me practicing law and giving great advice in regard to my branding or in regard to branding. And so, um, but as you start building that, you know, budgetary stuff out, you obviously have goals in mind, but I always notice on social media that there's this shiny kind of sheen that everybody likes to polish themselves up like, oh, I have this and I made this much in this much amount of time. And I look at it and I go, yeah, but is your business a fucking mess? Like, are you, cause you could make a million dollars in your first year and have zero profit margin because you're spending like an idiot. And because you're, you know, you don't understand how a budget should work and have a forward looking budget and all of that stuff. And so I, I always am a little bit wary of particularly people in the, and, and when I say coaching, I don't necessarily mean mindset coaching. I mean, anybody that teaches you to do anything at all, look at the content that they're offering. Don't look at the, the superfluous physical shit because all of that stuff on social media is fake anyway. I love that you brought that up because we're talking about branding. We're talking about, you know, we all have very different brands, Mm -hmm. but when you say content, it strikes a chord in me where I have been that multi-level marketer that sees the shiny like advertisement for grow your business, find more generic or, you know, get more leads, all that stuff. And I think we all see that whether we're in MLM or a different business, I think we all can get so distracted by, oh, well they did that. And you see these top three highlighted things and go, I need that. And I have clicked on so many, just more as a research point. Like I've clicked, oh, uh, maybe I need this. And then you start to realize that the little five minute video that reels you in is like the same spiel, like on every, every little, we're going to help you grow. And you're like, wait, didn't I just watch this with somebody else that's selling a hundred dollar course? Like, I'm so confused. (laughs) Like you're just kind of telling me to be consistent on social media. That's really what they all are telling you or to invest in your social media. And I've taken these courses. I've seen these courses and I'm like that you said shiny sheen, like, And we've had an episode, London and Alex and I talked about like social media and how it's such a small part. And you said, I'm a doer, not a shower. It's such a small part of what is actually happening. It can be a sloppy mess and you can make a really pretty post, right? I have had my moments in my previous company where you're just encouraged to like fake it till you make it. And I hated that. And it's, one of the biggest reasons I stepped away, sure, I had money. I, I had built myself to a place where I was making money, but it felt like a fraud. I felt like every time I got on a team call and every time I was asked to do something, I knew the behind the scenes of what was kind of crumbling and, and messy. And so I love that you bring that up because it's so easy as someone who wants to start a brand or wants to create a business to see on the outside, oh, well, Bree just has this glossy little Instagram or Kristen has this awesome LLC and has this business, but it's really the content and meat that you're putting behind the bones. I I think that like the structure, the skeletal thing, you never really see. You don't know who's, you know, what bills you have or what your financial obligation is into your business. We found that we were ciphering so much money into our business that it just didn't make sense anymore to say, I'm a six-figure earner. I didn't feel good about that when I knew what was being put into that. I knew what advertising was costing and what 
things were happening behind the scenes. So maybe you can speak on that of how do you find that genuine balance of, I don't have to share everything. I mean, if I'm in a relationship with my partner, some things are private. doesn't mean that I don't have a great relationship and I can put smiling and laughing in my family on social media. That's not a lie because those things happen. But I also know that there's other shit that I don't share because it is private and it is personal. That doesn't mean I'm lying, but how do you find that balance? You're a mom, you're a wife, you're, you've got all these things. You've got an amazing business. How do we find that balance of, I am branding myself, which means there's vulnerability. I am putting stuff out there. I do need some sort of shine because I am trying to create attraction marketing for what I am offering. How do we find that balance? How do we make sure that fine line of kind of slimy versus realistic expectations is met? Well, I think that you're, I mean, and I'm still learning this myself, so I, I can't really say, oh, this is exactly how you do it. And I don't think that there is a one size fits all approach to everybody because I think it really does depend on what industry you're in, right? So with me as a lawyer, I have other considerations that I have to be careful about. One of them being if I'm offering, if I'm offering an opinion about something, let's talk about trademarks and let's talk about clearance searches. I also have to be careful that people aren't taking what I'm saying as legal advice, right? So I have to be careful. And and I see a lot of kind of newer attorneys um, that are getting really big on social media, just don't do this, don't do that. And I'm like, well, law is all about gray areas. And so for you to be like, never do this, never do that, the one thing you should never do, right? It's all about this, these like digestible snacky little bites that everybody wants because nobody wants to delve really deep into stuff. And the problem with law is that the law is built on inconsistencies and facts and one person doing something this way can have a completely different outcome for somebody doing it a different way. And so it's not, the law isn't designed to fit neatly into a two minute bite size thing. And so I've started to put out more video content where I'm like talking about, you know, let's talk about this today, or let's talk about the, you know, the different loan programs, you know, with coronavirus and all of this stuff going on. I'm trying to put out as many helpful tools as I can with the understanding that you're not going to learn every, you're not going to become a lawyer by Googling, by watching a video on Instagram, by doing all this stuff. And so when it comes to balancing my content, I don't, I don't know if there really is a, ba- a way for me to balance. I think it's more just about, and, and I find myself falling into that trap of I, I, get, I get frozen and I just wind up not posting. Like you'll notice my last post was like a couple weeks ago because I'm like, I don't know what to post next. I don't know what I'm supposed to be talking about. I don't know what people want, but I'm getting business in the door. And a lot of it's not from social media. A lot of it is because I do good quality work. And for me, social media is almost like, an extent, a visual extension of my business card. I don't think it should be a place where I house all of what it is that I offer. I think it should be, you get a sense of me, you get a sense of what I can help you with. And, and then if you want to work with me, you reach out to me and we can start that dialogue, but it's not, ne- you're never going to get an answer from me on social media because I owe my clients more than that. At least that's how I feel. <laughs> Yeah, that's beautifully said. And I think right now is the best opportunity for anybody if you want to start something because there's so much information out there. 
you know, and there's certain parts like you were saying, Kristen, about, you know, you can only Google so much when it comes to being a lawyer, but to start your brand and learn how to build a website, they have websites, Squarespace. I built my website on there. Me and too. Then, you know, and then I was looking to see, well, let me find the top fitness people and then let me look at what they're, they're doing. And then I'll break research. and I'll formulate my own body by London website. But then I was like, hold up, let me break down the areas that I want to post the, uh, the things I want to have on my website, you know, uh, testimonials, uh, cooking, the podcast, free stuff, uh, merchandise, body by London t-shirts. I've looked at the clothing brands, their top websites, those top brands. And how do they show their clothes? How do they show the fit, the sizing? Um, how's the cook, cooking.net how do they show their recipes how does that so that's because there's all this information out there and for me i don't enjoy certain parts of the creative process or the financial parts i'm not a numbers guy but i think you owe it to yourself and your business your brand to understand how all the little intricacies work to understand the people that you're going to hire are doing their job properly and to just embrace the fact that you know all facets of your business and then when the time comes where you financially can afford to pay somebody to do that job that you don't like, or they can do it better than you, then you take that opportunity to do it. But you need to take the time. Like all I would want to do is just help people and talk to them, right? Show them how to train and speak and make film. But it's not that simple. I got to run my website. I got to find out which uh, financial system I use when they swipe their credit card. Who am I giving the percentage to? Do I use the little square thing that I put on my phone? Do I use this or what color scheme should I use? Because everybody's always using white and black, but black's my favorite color. So what do I do? Do I deal with, you know, fighting the masses or being stubborn because I want that color scheme and all that stuff? Do you choose to embrace it or you choose to not? And I choose to embrace it. And right now with all this information that's free or these master classes that have gone from $500 to $50 to where if you want to make a film, Steven Spielberg is there talking for an hour and a half how to make it. This guy's won Oscars. You can sit there and listen to him talk for two hours for 50 bucks, but you want to go out and have drinks that are hundred dollars and then leave, you know, like where are your priorities? How bad do you want it? But it's such a great opportunity again, more than ever to build your brand and you don't need any freaking help at all. You just need to set aside the time. And if it's important enough to you, you will find the time like anything in life. I don't have the time. No, you make the time. You set aside time. It's just not important enough to you. And that's okay. But look yourself in the mirror. You're complaining about how you look, how your financials is, your relationships, but you're not doing anything about it. I love, yeah, and I love that you say, I love that you say how um, you, you don't necessarily are, you're not necessarily going to be the expert in every part of your business. Like you said, I don't do the finances. I don't, you know, those aren't my areas, but it's on me to at least learn about them. And I think that's really important because what I see a lot when I'm working with clients is I see them trying to do the legal work themselves by using Google rather than trying to figure out how to communicate and ask the right questions of the professional that's going to help them do those services. Because at some point you're going to hit a wall, right? You're at some point, your business is going to grow beyond the, the point where your knowledge can take you there. And you're not going to be able to sit there and learn how to balance your, you know, your chart of accounts or anything like that. But I really like that. Um, I really like that London was saying, you should at least know because I think that's what a lot of people don't do is they take these classes and they expect that these classes are going to make them experts. And what makes you an expert is doing and having experience. It's not 
it's not learning, taking one class online and being like, great, now I can make a film like Steven Spielberg. It's about getting that information so that way you at least know what the landscape is in that area that you're learning about. And you can find the right person to help you by asking the right questions. I love that. So to close us out, I, I know we kind of started on branding and then it turned to like deciphering. I would love to know before we close this out from you, your opinion on how do you know it's something you're passionate enough about when you started in this? I'm sure you've gone to school. You know, I don't know if you started your business before becoming a mom. How did you know that you were passionate about enough that you would put in the work to actually do it? Because I think that's where I see people get stuck. And if, if people are listening to this podcast and they're like, do I, do I join an MLM? Do I become a blogger? Do I become a lawyer? Do I have my own practice? Do I work for somebody else? And I know I've hit that point where I'm like, man, it's a lot more work. <laughs> like there's a lot of freedom. There's a lot of flexibility, but let's be real. It, it actually is more than a full-time job to own your own business. And whether you are hiring people or you have a team or you grow to that point, when you start, you mentioned you do all the stuff. You learn about all the stuff. You're the accountant. You're the director. You're the creative artist. You are the Instagram influencer blogger. You're, you're all of the parts. How do you know, <laughs> and maybe you didn't, maybe you're just like, I'm going to dive in and see if it fails. How do you know that you're willing to fail? Because let's be real, we fail through a lot to get to where we are. How do you know you're, you're cut out for that? Or what's the questions that you asked yourself for someone listening to this going, do I brand myself? Do I create this idea that I have? Do I make this a business? What did you ask yourself or how did you decide, okay, I'm willing to put in the 12 hour days, the late nights, the early mornings. I'm willing to work around the job that I have to create the job that I want. How do I know I'm passionate enough? How do I know that this is what I really want and that I'm willing to put in the work and the hustle and all of that to brand myself? Is it worth it? Do I, do I, am I passionate enough about it to work for myself? Because it is more work. <laughs> Yeah. And I, and you know, one other thing I, I kind of just wanted to add to what you were saying is I think a lot of people make the decision to, you know, become a brand when their followers have reached a certain point, right. Where they're like, now I have like 15,000 followers on social media. So now I'm a brand. Yeah. No, I started my business with like zero followers. I had no clients. I had no followers. I had no nothing, but my business was still successful. In that, yeah. even in that first year, I was in the, I was in the black ever since I had that first year. And so I, um, I don't, I don't know. So for me, I, I kind of come from a different background, right? I mean, like, like, you know, the law is, is different than other kind of service-based businesses. So I went to law school. I started out with a firm. I had three years with a law firm where I was doing litigation for them. And I ended up, the firm ended up splitting apart. So the partners were no longer going to be together anymore. So the firm was like imploding during my last year with them. And one of the partners pulled me into his office and he was talking to me about, he was always my mentor, right? So when I was with the firm, I was under his practice group, which was litigation. So he oversaw all of my cases. And he said, well, what are you thinking of doing next? Cause you know, the firm's going away. And I said, well, I guess I'll just go try to find another job at another law firm. But being a woman in the law is still challenging. And being a woman of color in the law is even harder because yeah. they, you get thing, this system, the legal system is not set up 
traditionally for people like me to be incredibly successful in it. It's they, if you want to have a kid, it's still, you still get, and you're working for a bigger firm. A lot of firms are still not very friendly to, you know, women who want to become mothers, who want to have babies, who want to do all of that. And, and so I was, you know, I was like, "Eh, I guess I'll just find another law firm job. And, but knowing that it really wasn't going to make me happy. Um, and so I, so I was telling this to him and he goes, I think you should start your own practice. And I said, no one's going to hire me. And he goes, I'll hire you. I'm, I'm leaving this practice and starting my own thing and I'm bringing clients with me and they're going to need help and I'm going to need help. And so I'll, you know, you can be a contractor for me. And when you, um, when you decide that you don't want my work anymore, you tell me, okay, I'm done. I I don't want your work anymore. I, I can support myself. And that, and then also my husband, he was actually, yeah. So my husband and I had just gotten married and he turned to me and he said, I think your mentor's right. Um, his name's Tom. He goes, I think Tom's right. I think that you are going to always run into these ceilings at other, other places. Whereas if you start your own practice, you can make your own rules. So he goes, and I'm willing to invest in you. So he took his Christmas bonus from his company. Um, and he gave it to me to start my practice. And it, you know, I don't want to say it was because of men that I did it, you know, like I, I am, I'm definitely a strong woman, but I think it was more about the support system, having the right people encouraging me. And those just happened to be the men in my life. Um, and you know what I mean? So I, and I felt like it was, they believed in me and they were, you know, my husband has been in his industry for over, you know, for almost 15 years. And Tom's been practicing law for over 30. And, and these are like, you know, they're seasoned practitioners and they believed in me and they thought I had something special to offer. And I think that I was so beaten down being in my, you know, in that legal industry that I just, I didn't see that I had that in myself. And then I was like, okay, I can do this. And I was able to call Tom in the first month and was like, I don't need your work anymore. (laughs) I love that. And I know we're hitting time and, you know, I really appreciate you kind of sharing just your business and your life with us. Um, I think a huge part of what I just heard you say is that there was a belief system and beyond thinking that you're going to make money, I didn't hear you say, oh, I was guaranteed a million dollars or, oh, I was guaranteed this, but that there was a belief system in your core that said, I can do this, whether it was from you or people around you. I know some people really have to dig into that belief for themselves for the first bit, but finding that core value of belief in what you're doing and why you're doing it more than the promise of pay or the promise of how big your Instagram is going to get or, or how big whatever is going to get. I think just that core value of this is where I feel like I should be planted. And that belief system really stems the solid foundation for a brand. So I really appreciate your time. And well, one you- other thing, I think yeah. like a little nugget. Yeah. I think that a lot of people worry that it's not going to work out, right? Everyone's really afraid of failing. Like, I don't want to be a failure. Well, what's the, I always, so for me, I, I think where, where I found the confidence in myself because having everybody support me was necessary, but if I never found that confidence in myself, I don't think I would have taken the leap. And I think what helped me find it was asking myself, what's the worst thing that can happen if this doesn't work out? If it doesn't work out, Am I going to, I, I, I won't make any money, right? So I was kind of confronting like, okay, so what are the worst case scenarios in my mind? I won't make any money. Nobody will hire me. I won't be able to pay my bills, right? 
Yeah. And then I said, said to myself, okay, so in that situation, how much time do I want to give myself to, you know, it, how much time do I want to give myself to see if I can make this work? So I said six months. I was like, okay, six months. I'll give myself six months. And if I don't, if I can't, if I make no money within six months, then I know that it's, I'll just go get a job. Right. So it's not like, it's not like if you fail in your business and your branding, you are not marketable. You're not going to be able to find work. You found work before you'll yeah. find work again. Right. So no, my fiance always says you won't die. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, I'm an affiliate for a brand or I want to reach out yeah. to something like you're not going to die. You're just going to be right where you're at. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I think that if you're looking for, if anybody that's listening is looking for the, the, the one thing that's going to show that they'll be successful, you'll be waiting forever. You will never find, you will never be like, I got this thing and now I can be successful. It's yeah. taking a risk. You have to take the risk. You have to jump. You have to just build the parachute on the way down. Right. Yeah. And then, well, again, thank you so much for being here. We'll have to have you on again. I know there was a lot of topics that we had discussed, being a woman of color in law as a mom, like so many things that we'd love to chat about. Um, I know we ran a little bit over, but really appreciate just you sharing your heart and those nuggets for our listeners to kind of soak in, absorb, and see if a brand is for them. <laughs> I know we talk about a lot of things. So for everyone listening, thank you guys so much. Um, Kristen Roberts, we can find you where? You can find me on Instagram. Um, it's actually personally branded. Not, okay. So I do have a Trussell Law Instagram, but that's a little bit less active than my personal page, which is Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-E-N underscore Roberts, R-O-B-E-R-T-S underscore Esquire, E-S-Q. Um, okay. And then you can also find me at TrussellLaw.com. Great. Guys, thanks for listening, for you know being a participant in <laughs> this podcast. We really love bringing different views on and different topics that you guys bring to us and love the support. So drop a comment, go find Kristen, give her a follow, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening. It's not easy to create these episodes, but we know it's important. We need more real, open, and honest conversations because we know that whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, you're not alone. A life pretending isn't worth living. So please share this podcast with a friend and thanks for listening.